Welcome to track number one of Building a Multiple Megachurch. Is there anybody outside? There must be nobody outside. There's space in the front, there's space on the side, and there's space on stage. Is Dennis here? Dennis here. Let's go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse, um, we want to read from verse 7. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Amen. Amen. Say the multiple mega church. Alright, we are, the whole camp is about having multiple mega churches. Amen. Mega churches everywhere. Some years ago, I, I, not uh, some years ago, last year, I think it was, I went to Nigeria to minister in a church uh, where I was invited to. I was not invited to the headquarters of that church. I was invited to the branch of the church, to one of the branches. In fact, in Lagos, there are four branches. Reverend George Adebo's church, there are four branches of the church in Lagos, as at that time, and I went to one of the branches, the headquarters of the church where the founder is and the one who founded the church and so on, is somewhere else. Amen. Amen. And so we went to the branch, and the branch of the church was as large as um, our headquarters, not as almost as large. Virtually, or Pasekakra, wouldn't you agree with me? For the largest was a cinema hall, a cinema hall, and it was filled. And they tell me that on Sundays, I was not there for the Sunday, on Sundays they have people, thank you very much, they have people sitting outside on canopies, uh, under canopies and so on. So, we are saying that, Lord, we want to have multiple mega churches. You understand? Because that is a mega church. We don't want to have little, little, little churches that are like cells. Amen? Amen. Because what's the difference between a cell and a church? What's the difference between a fellowship and a church? Caroline, what's the difference between a fellowship and a church? A, A fellowship is what? A subset of the church. I think she's a mathematician. <laughs> it is a subset of the church. Amen. Amen. So it is really a smaller part of a church. So the church mustn't look like it's subset. It mustn't look like it's, uh, 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 you know, it's, it's supposed to be this little part. And then the whole church is like the little part of, the ch- of, 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 of a church. No. That is not the will of God. Amen. Amen. If, it, if that is never the will of God, it is the will of God that the church should be large. There should be a lot of people in the church. A lot of people should be saved. Many churches should be started. Many people should come out of darkness. People should be drawn into the light of the gospel. People should be driven in droves. Put it down here for me, please. People should be driven in droves. droves. Do you know what are droves? Swarms of souls. Hallelujah. Must come into the kingdom of God. 
Praise the Lord. And, and they must come in large numbers. And they must fill all the churches. And it must not be one church which is large. But there must be multiple churches which are mega churches. There must be a mega church in Takradi. There must be a mega church in Kumasi. There must be a mega church at Adenta. There must be a mega church in, 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 in Kokomlemle. If you believe it, lift up your hand and shout, Yeah! <laughs> so this is the will of God. The will of God is that there must be multiple mega churches. Because the more churches we have, the more souls are saved. The more churches we have, it means more people have been converted. A church is a fraction of the converts that you have made. Anytime you see a church with 60 people, it is a fraction of all the hard work of a pastor that a pastor has done. So if you see a thousand people, you are looking at a, a fraction of the number of souls that have been brought into the kingdom of God through that person's ministry. A church is just the remnant of the hard work that has been done. And that is why if we have more churches, and the larger the churches, it means that the more souls that have been won, and that is the will of God. It is the will of God. I said it is the will of God. It is the will of God for us to have many churches, and many churches which are large churches. Hallelujah. So I want us to have that in mind as we study the word of God and as we study what we are going to learn that this is the plan of God and that is our plan. We are going to fill Ghana with churches. I said we are going to fill Ghana with churches. I said we are going to fill Ghana with churches. I said we are going to fill Ghana with churches. Ghana is going to be filled with churches. It's going to be filled with the presence of churches, established churches everywhere. We are filling Accra. We are filling Kumasi. We are filling Takradi. We are filling Tema. We are filling the land with churches. And that means that we are spreading the light of the gospel. That is the plan of God. Hallelujah. Now, how will the plan of God be accomplished? That is why we are gathered here today all right we are gathering here in Ephesians chapter 4 in Ephesians chapter 4 it says verse 7 but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ verse 8 wherefore he saith when he ascended up on high he led captivity captive and give gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And then he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we all come into the unity of the faith. Amen. Amen. What are the three reasons why God 
gave apostles, pastors, teachers, and so on. What is the, what are the reasons? Number one is what? Number two is what? Number three is what? Zero over hundred. <laughs> Zero over hundred. Uh, two over hundred. God, you see, this is the mistake that you all made, and I asked you intentionally so that you will make the mistake. This is the mistake that we often make, and that is how our minds are working. Our minds are working that God has given apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, so that they will do three things. Number one is what? Number one is what? <laughs> the, the perfecting of the saints. Number two is what? The work of the ministry. And number three is what? Edifying of the body of Christ. Wrong. Now, remove all the comma, the commas from verse 12. Okay? Okay? You know what is a comma? Okay, remove the commas from verse 12. And let's read it again. Okay? He gives some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry <laughs> of Christ <laughs> now when you take away the comma what does it mean for the perfecting of the saints for the work for the what for the what for the perfecting of the saints for the work it is the saints that will do the work how can the apostles and the prophets do the work how many apostles and pastors are there how many apostles and pastors are there how many apostles and pastors and teachers are there Huh? How many souls are there? How many souls are there? Millions and uncountable numbers of souls. Uncountable numbers of souls. Uncountable numbers of souls. Uncountable numbers of and how many pastors are there? Few. If I ask some of you now to become pastors, you will say you will become a politician. And don't be a politician in this place. Politicians never say yes and they never say no. They always say we can't rule it out. They always say we have no comment at this time. They always say things like that. But they never say yes. They never say no. Amen. Amen. So the, the Bible is telling us here, and these comments and so on, they were inserted, unfortunately, by the translators. And when you put the comments there, the whole meaning is different. Do you understand? So I want to have some apostles, prophets. Can you be one apostle? Uh, please be an, uh, uh, please stand on the stage. We have five. Pastor Kingsley. Uh, this is apostle, prophet, evangelist, teacher, and then 
pastor. Good. Now these are the f- f- uh, these are the five ministers. Okay. Now the rest of you are the saints. Amen. Amen. Who are the saints? Amen. And who are the apostles, prophets, pastors, and teachers? Five of them. You are the, the, the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers. Just five. And the rest of us are the saints. Okay, now where are the souls? How many are the souls? Plenty. More. Millions. Now, who is going to do the work? According to the first time you read it, who are the people going to do the work? These five people. How much work can they do even on Legon campus? Assuming all of you were even the students on campus and the rest of the, the university was filled, now they sleep eight people in one room. Eight people in one room. When we were here, there were two and sometimes one. And these people are going to do the work of the ministry only on Legon campus. How many will agree with me that they can't do much? Huh? Exactly. So, what is God trying to do now? What should these people do? What will it be best for them to do? Looking at the work, let's look at, we have this large force of people. And we have this one, two, three, four, five, apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist, and prophet. What would the best thing be? Huh? They must do what? They must train us. How many would agree with that? These people should not spend their time training the saints. And then the saints will do what? They will do the work of the ministry. How many can see that very clearly today? That is the eternal plan of God. God never planned the ministry to be done by these five people. How can these five people do the work? How? Look at them, look at them. And they are not even tall. these people do the work it's impossible it's simply impossible these are the five full-time great apostles standing here great uh, prophet great evangelist great teacher and then the great pastor over there these five people and these are the only people that you expect to go out and harvest millions and millions and millions and millions of souls in a day when the population of the world is multiplying well, we cannot even know how many we are going to be by next year. Ghana is now how many million? 18 million. I remember the days when Ghana was 7 million. I was alive. I was alive when Ghana was 7 million. Many times I said, how, many, how large the population of Ghana? And I would say 7 million. I remember the days when Ghana was only 7 million. And today Ghana is 18 million. And that is the ones that we claim we have counted. But in, in the village, they don't have real registered births. They don't, they don't do birth and death registry much. And, and you can see that we don't know the figures. When they do elections, there are always people who are not accounted for and so on. It's very difficult to count things. In, sometimes I don't know how they, they say the figures. When I was in this university, 
I was in M13 at Lydon Hall. There were two of us in the room, myself and my roommate, Don Cash. Today, there are eight people. In the, the, it means the population has quadrupled. That means that the workforce for the ministry work must also quadruple. Amen. Amen. And that is what this camp is about. Because what does it mean? It means that saints can do the work. Write it down. Saints can do the work of the ministry. Saints can do the work. Ordinary saints can do the work. Ordinary saints can do the work. Ordinary saints can do the work. Number two, the apostles, the evangelists, the prophets, and the teachers are not enough to do all the work that exists. They are simply not enough of them. How many pastors and apostles and prophets? There were only five on stage. They are simply not enough to do the work. And ordinary saints can do the work of the ministry. And we must therefore do the work of the ministry. And number three, ordinary saints can be trained to do the work. They, can, they are trainable. Write it down. It says ordinary saints are trainable. Okay, Apostle and Evangelist, sit down. Are you people coming to the shepherd's camp? Come right here. Larry, move and sit here. And there are some spaces here. Ordinary saints can do the work of the ministry. Amen. 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 How many here are ordinary saints? All right. Now, if you will avail yourself and you will be humble, hallelujah, you will be trained and you will be an ordinary person and yet you will find yourself doing the work of the ministry. Praise the Lord. And this is the key to expanded mega multiple churches. This is the key. Amen. All of us working, not only the pastors, not only the evangelists, not only the teachers, all of us can do the work. Amen. And so when a saint allows himself to be trained, then he becomes like a shepherd. Hallelujah. And then he can do the work. Praise the Lord. Now, Where's my other Bible? Good. We are now going to talk about sharing the burden. Amen. Amen. Sharing the burden. Numbers chapter 11. So, from Ephesians chapter 4, we are jumping all the way. To Numbers chapter 11, we are saying that we can do the work. Amen. 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 
Praise the Lord Jesus. Numbers chapter 11. Amen. Amen. Now, in Numbers chapter 11, have you found it? Alright, we are going to read from verse 16. Let's read from verse 16. Ready? Go. It's not an easy thing to lead a group of people. Huh? Do you know that? It's not an easy thing to lead a group of people at all. As we are sitting down here, we all look very nice. And we all look very holy. And very sanctified. But when we move out of the seats that we are sitting in, you may see all sorts of different behaviors characters and when you go to the dining hall you begin to see men and women alike manifesting all sorts of things now it is not an easy thing to lead people in fact people are very difficult to lead amen and i want to give you some reasons why people are difficult to lead. Number one, reasons why people are difficult to lead. Number one, 16 reasons why people are difficult to lead. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Number one, people are ungrateful by nature. Human beings are ungrateful. Do you know that people are ungrateful? How do you know people are ungrateful? Huh? How, how do you know in life? Is there anybody who has experienced ingratitude before, Edna? How do you know? When people complain, you see, Moses was taking these people out 
And he said that you have brought us out of Egypt. I mean, they've been delivered, though. They've been actually delivered from a problem. They're not saying they, they were slaves. They were not ordinary citizens or tourists. They were not people who had a visa, they flew into Egypt and they were flying out of Egypt. They were slaves in bondage. They were working under hard labor. There was a king called Pharaoh who did not know Joseph. They were undergoing all sorts of difficulties and they had been set free. And these were the people who wanted to kill Moses, who wanted to stone Moses, who wanted to throw him out. In fact, many times, Moses, you know, Moses would, I think it was the character that Moses had by the time God had finished training, that allowed Moses to still lead these people up to the very end. As a pastor, I've experienced people being ungrateful. In fact, now, I must say, you know, I don't know if it's a bad thing, but I'm expecting people to be ungrateful. I'm not expecting gratitude. I'm not expecting gratitude from people. From what I have, what I have seen, I'm not. In fact, from the little experience that I've had, I feel that people do, they are not even grateful for what they have. Sometimes you have a church, and you realize that people are being blessed. They are in the church. Things are getting better. Their lives are being changed. They don't seem to appreciate what they have. They don't even seem to notice. Few people ever say thank you. Few people ever say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed. Few people seem to value what they have. Sometimes you do something for somebody, people don't seem to see. In politics, no matter, look, no matter who you are, like, 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 like in Kumasi, they, they, I was in Kumasi and once I saw the way the roads are asphalted more than Accra. More than Accra. And I was there and I heard someone say, even if they make the road terrazzo, we shall not vote for them. Even if they make the road terrazzo, terrazzo, we shall not vote for them. <laughs> yes. Yes. Even if we make the road terrazzo, somebody like Kwame Nkrumah, usually people die and they go, then we see there was some use of the person. You know that? Yeah. But when the person is around a lot, I saw a picture, somebody had put his head on Kwame, his leg on Kwame Kruger's head. I don't know whether it was a real, I don't think it was a real head, but a, 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 a sort of dummy or something, he put it in to take a picture. It's like down with the evil, whatever. But after so many years, when they start to turn the lights on and off, today you have light, tomorrow you don't have light, then you begin to realize the value of Akosomo. And what somebody went through to build Akosombo for you. University of Science and Technology. Now we don't have enough universities. And you know that UST was formerly called Kwame Nkrumah University? Did you know that? It was Kwame Nkrumah, Kwame Nkrumah Institute or something. A ideological Institute. No, no, that's not, that was Wilibar. Usually, well. So, people are ungrateful. The, the, the people were going to kill Moses. And Aaron was so afraid, <laughs> he, he built a car for them to just cool them down. He was scared of that. The way the people were behaving, these are people who have been delivered. He said, hey, tell you, the guys are going to kill me. 
because I'm their pastor. The guys are going to kill me. One pastor got into some, I don't know what sort of problem. He was leaving his church, the church that he had pastored and had brought from nothing. It became one of the greatest churches in the city. And during the time that he was a pastor, they had imported a car. And the car was bought for him. But I think, I don't know whether they were from tax purposes or something, they they put a car in the church's name so that they would bring it in and he thought that's the car that he was going to use. But the car was bought for him in America. And at the last point, they were having some board meeting like deacons or whatever and he said, no, the car is not for him. Go without the car. And he looked at the people whom he had brought to Christ. You see, as a pastor, I've seen people walking forward lifting up their hand, giving their life to Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. I accept Christ as my Lord. And that's the moment they get born again. Their names are written in the book of life. I watch them being filled with the Holy Spirit. I watch them receiving the Word of God. I watch all that. As a pastor, you watch all this happening right before your eyes. And then, some years later, you turn around to the person through whom maybe you are going to heaven. (laughs) Not that you are through whom you are going to school. Through whom you are going to heaven. No! Then go! Don't go, go without it. An old car too. The pastor just, I think he wept. And that was the, it was like that was a, what is this? Even if you, I am going, let me go honorably. His sons in the Lord, his sons in the ministry. The way they pointed at, the way they spoke, he left, he just, left everything and just went away. People are ungrateful. People don't know. When something little goes wrong, you'll be surprised. People who said, oh, Pastor, glory. Glory. We can feel the glory. You are anointed, Pastor. Come on, come on, come on. It's flowing. We can see. They will turn around and say, that is a foolish man. I'm expecting it. I hope I'll not get into a situation like that, but I'm not expecting gratefulness. People are difficult to lead. One, number one, because they are ungrateful. Number two, because they are forgetful. People are forgetful. People forget. I am not here to defend any government, but I must say that I remember a time when my father had a hotel and we were serving... Uh, 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 British man, this chair's right here. Come this way, yeah. All right? We were serving yam. There was no bread in Ghana. And we were serving yam in the hotel for breakfast. They would boil yam and give it to the guests because there's no bread in Ghana. I remember my father importing, my father was working in Gambia, importing Yum, at bread, a sack of bread. This was it was a special something. I remember times there was no bread. Can you remember when there was no bread? Yes. I remember when a tin of milk is an unusual thing to see. So you don't see milk lying on the shelf there. It's not it's not you don't see anything like that. I can remember. I can remember just a few things, you know. But when but people don't remember that. People don't remember. No, 
No, no, no, no, no, no. It's not good at all. We don't like you. Go, 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 go. And if we get a chance, we'll kill you. Most politicians, most head of state, if they get, if people get a chance, they will kill them, including our current head of state. People are not grateful. No matter what you do, that's why for me, I would like to give my life for the Lord. So that if the Lord will also kill me, if the Lord will kill me and carry me, at least it's the Lord. But human beings, ah, politics. That's why I say when I see Christians who want to go into politics, I ask you, has the Lord called you into this thing? To go and lead people who don't want, look at Kofi Kumsin. Doing a lot of this, whatever, chronicle every time. You see, after he was arrested, he has become very cool. He's, he's surprised. You think that all oh, people you are, you are fighting, you are bringing out problems, GNPC, this, that, that. So it's like you are fighting. When they arrest you, you'll be in the prison quietly, coolly. You must be there coolly for some years. <laughs> nobody cares about you again. You are, you are true. I mean, you are, you are, nobody cares. You would think that when there's evidence and this and that, they are bringing somebody who do something. But no, people don't care. I said, if I'm going to fight, if God has called you to politics, make sure that God has called you. Make sure. Make sure. Make sure. Politics. Goodness. But I know some Christians are called to politics, but I am not called to politics. I'm just a commentator. <laughs> People forget. Amen. Let's look at Second Chronicles chapter 32. Second Chronicles chapter 32. Verse 24. Okay? Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 20. For in those days Hezekiah was sick unto the death, and he prayed unto the Lord, and he spake unto him, and he gave him a sign. Verse 25. But Hezekiah rendered not again according to the benefit done unto him. Notice that. He rendered not according to the benefit done unto him. For his heart was lifted up. Therefore there was wrath upon him and upon Judah and Jerusalem. The man had been blessed, but he did not behave as someone who is behaving according to the benefits that has been done unto him. Number three, people betray. That is another reason why it's difficult to lead people. Because a person who smiles with you today is the person who can betray you tomorrow. And people betray. How many other people betray? Yes, there are some of you here who maybe will betray me in the future. And now, now you see the way I have become con- becoming conditioned, and every pastor must become conditioned like that. Expect betrayal, because you are leading human beings. Amen. Even in this this our own government that we watch, you see there are people who have been in this government who switch from this camp to this camp to this camp to this camp. Take somebody like the vice president of Ghana. He was part of the alliance that won the elections. And on this same election, the opposition wrote a book saying the stolen verdict. That the people who won the election stole the votes. Do you remember that? Now, this same person has moved to the other side. 
and is now part of the opposition saying that the people that he joined with against whom they wrote the stolen verdict are bad and now he is good it's wonderful people can switch judas ate bread with jesus christ thursday in the evening thursday he ate even can you imagine somebody loves you sometimes when i want my wife to love me i'll tell her oh feed me do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, feed me. I've asked my wife to feed me before. Feed me like a baby. So, feed me. It's a sign of life. When Jesus was Thursday evening, he was with them. John asked Jesus. Peter asked John, ask Jesus, who, who is the one? Who is going to betray him? Mean, what is going to happen? So, John leaned across and asked Jesus, Namu, who, who is the one? Who is going to, who is going to do it? And Jesus said, I'm going to play love games with somebody. I'm going to feed the person. So Jesus took bread. Judy, he called him, Judy. Why? Oh, no, no, no. Judy, he called him, Judy. I what it is. Judas was a bit quiet. He was not sure about what was happening in the evening. Judy, what was happening? Judy, I Come on, let me do some Jerry, 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 Jerry. And Jesus said, oh Lord, oh Lord. Okay, then he ate it. Eight o'clock in the evening. Eight o'clock in the evening. We are all together. We are only 12. We are not 70. We are not 100. We are only 12. We are close. We have been together for three years. We are only 12. We have been through many things. Persecutions, trouble, trial. We are only 12 and we are together. Very few. 8 o'clock in the evening. Then, afterwards, you leave and you go and betray me and sell me for 30 pieces of silver so that you can use it to make your foundation for your house. 30 pieces of silver. That is, that is how life is. That's how people are. And that is why it's one of the reasons why it's difficult to lead people. Does it happen in real today. Ah, look at some of the great churches of our time. People who have stood together today stand against each other. Just in our own day, not in history, now. You can see it. It's wonderful. So, that is one of the reasons why it's difficult. The next one, people are wicked. People are wicked. People are wicked. And we saw that when we had the uh, Provisional National Defense Council. We saw wickedness. And all the coups that we've had, you see, wicked. That is human beings. And such people are also in the church. And such people are like that with us sometimes as spies. Amen. What is this? So, people are wicked. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Huh? Verse 14, the Bible says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. Huh? <laughs> Do you remember that guy? <laughs> People are wicked. The Lord reward him according to his deeds. Amen. So people are wicked. Hallelujah. 
The next reason why it's difficult to lead people is people can abandon you suddenly. Abandonment. They can drop you like a stone. Somebody who is with you, he can just leave you suddenly and you'll be out in the midst of Chile. We all came together. Chile, when I became a pastor and I was with some of my colleagues, medical students, when it came to a certain point, everybody left me and I was there alone. Everybody left me and I was alone. You say you are a pastor. We say we are doctors. We are going. Bye-bye. And here I was out with the church. People can abandon you. You can easily be abandoned in life. Demas, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, the Bible says, has forsaken me. He said he will be with me. Now Demas has dashed. People can abandon you. That is why it's difficult to, to lead them. Another reason why it's difficult to lead people is because people are impudent. Human beings, impudent. In Numbers chapter 16, Numbers chapter 16, Deuteronomy, and then you move to Numbers. Or Numbers, and you move to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 16, uh, Numbers chapter 16. People can be impudent. Do you know that your own church member can beat you if you don't take care? Occasionally, my church member wanted to beat me. In fact, the longer you go in the ministry, the more amazing things you experience. All these things, they are theories to you, or they will be theories, to, but they are very, very real. And the longer you stay in the ministry, you will experience abandonment. Pastor Kaka, have you experienced abandonment before? Huh? Yes. Betrayal, all these things, the longer you stay around, the more you will experience them. Amen. Numbers chapter 16, people are impudent. Let's read chapter 16, verse 1. Now Korah, the son of whatever, verse 2, and they rose up before Moses and certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. These are the big shots in the church. And they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron and said, You take too much upon you. Seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is amongst them. Wherefore, why then are you lifting up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? Oh, Brother Armstrong, stand up, stand up. Why are you lifting? <clears throat> <laughs> I'm not even coming for the camp. There's space here. If you are coming for the camp, I'm sure you're wasting our time. I mean, why? Why, why are you lifting up yourself about the community? Oh, I mean, why? 
somebody you are training. No, 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 why, why? It's wonderful. It's very wonderful. Hallelujah. Okay, people are impudent. Number, what, how many numbers do you have? Six. You're six. six. Number seven. People are equalizers. Equalizers. Numbers chapter 12. Miriam and Moses and Aaron spoke against, even now, you see, you would think that at this place, the Bible says they spoke against Moses and Aaron. Oh, life is so wonderful. Moses, he suffered though. Moses, his best associate was Aaron. So the time there was a time the people were attacking Moses and Aaron. But in this place, Aaron also now joined with somebody to attack only Moses. Oh, God. It's amazing. And in Numbers chapter 12, Miriam and Aaron, so that even the closest assistant was now attacking Moses. And Miriam, who was Miriam? Moses' sister. Now his own relatives don't agree with him. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Tell me somebody say it's unfortunate. it's unfortunate. Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian. And they said, verse 2, has the Aaron and his sister, has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has we not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. And the Lord always hears it. Then he says, but are you the only one? After all, I also minister people are blessed. There is joy. The church is growing. Things are getting better. Are you the only one? God also speaks by us. How many here will agree that God speaks by you? <laughs> oh, don't bring yourself. How many believe that God speaks through you as well to people? And he speaks by me. But when you get up and you come and you ask, are you the only one? Are you the only one? Are you the only one? Every day, every day, every day, every day, you. Please, we beg you. This time it was Moses' sister. Moses' sister, blood sister. That time blood was now speaking against him. It's unfortunate. If when Moses was coming, he something else happened that one later okay equalizers people are equalizers number eight people are disrespectful people are disrespectful people don't respect you can lead them you can bless them you can do whatever people don't respect if you you, you release yourself to a certain way people will not respect you amen that's why i don't like i don't i don't believe this i don't like staying with people over a period of time, no. After you not respect, no matter what you are, you don't, you not respect. I remember one time we were starting a church, and some people said we should stay with them. I said no. I'd rather stay in this place. We, I was, where we, we bath, I was bathing like a schoolboy with this type of school. I'm not a schoolboy. I finished school long ago, long ago. 
but I'll prefer that than to come at a point you will not even respect me. Because why would you not respect me? Because I'll come and ask you for soap to bath. Toilet roll. Uh, you have to supply toilet roll. Toothpaste. You see me when I'm tired. When I wake up and my face is, has become squeezed. You see. Yeah, you will not respect. Even when you don't see that crowd, the way you respect is some way. How much more if that one happens? And I've, I've come to see. Is that, pastors, would you agree that people don't respect? Huh? Pastor Finsley, stand up. Would you say that people don't? Have you, has somebody been disrespectful to you before? Yes, many times. As a pastor? Yes. What did they do? Well, the, the, the tone of their you know, speech, they talk as if you are nobody. You talk like that, you are waving your hands. I don't. One time I was walking, see that I was walking with someone. I said, Don't wave your hand when you are talking to me. Don't wave your hand when you are talking to me. All right? All right? Don't wave your hand when you are talking to me. For me, I'll put you straight, straight away. People don't respect. But that's part of it. Expect it. That's why it's difficult to lead people, that's why it's difficult to be a pastor. That is why it's difficult to do sometimes the work of the Lord. How many numbers do we have? Number nine, people murmur and complain. Even when things are working well, they complain. You know that sometimes our nature, just to say something. Amen. Moses there, he experienced complaints. Number, number, number ten, people repay good with evil. It's very common. You do them good, they will pay with evil. Jeremiah chapter 18, it happens to pastors a lot. Look at Jeremiah. Let's turn to Bible Jeremiah chapter 18. This is just a background. We have to finish it quickly and move on. Jeremiah chapter 18 verse 20. And we want to read from verse 19. It says, Give heed to me, O Lord. Give heed to me, O Lord. And happen to the voice of them that contend with me. Shall evil be recompensed for good? For they have digged a pit for my soul. Remember, now the pastor is praying. Remember that I stood before thee to speak good for them and to turn away thy wrath from them. Remember. Pastors, sometimes you do good for people. And the way they are repaying you, you wonder. Say, ah, do you not remember? And the man said, remember how I prayed for them. Remember how I prayed for them. Remember how I fasted. And now look at the return that I'm getting. God, he said, remember Lord, that I stood there. One time Jesus asked his disciples, he said, many good works from my father have I shown unto you. For which of these do you stone me? For which of these good works that I have done to you? Which of them? Mention the one. That is, that is the reason why you are now about to stone me. The people are difficult to lead. Amen. Amen. Number 11, people are disobedient. How many have told your members, do this and they don't do it? Huh? You know, when I tell people to fast, I know that many people don't fast. How many have been here, I've told you to fast before you didn't fast? Lift up your right hand. Only your right hand. Hey, are we playing politics in the church? 
I think you have to preach the yes, yes, no sermon here. How many were told to fast before you didn't fast? It has happened before. Yeah, only a few people are raising their hands. And those who are not raising their hands, may the Lord forgive you. Amen. Number 12, people are rebellious. Number seven, number 13, people sin. Remember the story of Achan. God said, don't do this. The man went to do it. Isn't it? People sin. People are sinful. That's why it's difficult to live. Because people are bad. People are bad. Amen. <laughs> number 14, people are disloyal. People are disloyal. They smile with you, but they are disloyal. Number 15, people do not understand. That is why it's difficult to lead them sometimes, because they don't seem to understand what is going on. They don't understand what you are saying. One, one time, I asked them, do, they, do people understand the word? Do people understand the word that we are preaching? Is there any pastor who has ever wondered, do the people understand what the pastor is saying? Have you ever wondered, I lift your right hand, please, just your right hand. That's, you, have, you have wondered that do people understand? Any pastor who has been a pastor for some time, you always come to that home. Do people understand what the man is saying? We have people in church who will marry unbelievers. You've heard, they heard, and they will marry unbelievers. Ask for me, I won't leave the church. But I will marry this unbeliever, but I will never leave the church. You wonder, do they understand what you are saying? You have people who are living in constant fornication. Oh, they, they hear the word all the time. You ask yourself, that, ah, does this person understand? I know people who are in fornication so much, so they are trying to be pregnant. I mean, they are in the church. Our church members, they are trying to be pregnant to see whether they can be pregnant. Right? You are a member of the church. It's amazing. I ask myself, does this person understand what I'm saying? Amen. Do people understand what we are saying? Number 16, people do not respond. You talk and people do not respond. Amen. 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 People do not respond. So, because of all these reasons, let's turn back to Numbers chapter 11. Hallelujah. I mean, we'll agree that it's, it's a big task to lead people. Huh? <laughs> so, because of all these reasons why it is difficult to lead people, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Young man, are you not writing notes? Where is your pen? Huh? Take your pen. Take your pen and write. We don't do that here. You must write notes. Amen. Alright. It says, verse 16, And the Lord said, Gather, Amen, unto me seventy men of the elders of Israel, whom thou knowest to be the elders of the people, and officers over them, and bring them unto the tabernacle of the congregation, that they may stand there with thee. Verse 17. And I will come. Hallelujah. And I will talk with thee. 
and I will take of the spirit which is upon thee, and I will put it upon them, and they shall bear. They shall bear what? They shall bear what? They shall bear what? They shall bear what? Burdens or the burden? They shall bear the burden. What is the burden? What is the burden? The burden is what? The burden is what? Huh? The burden is what? George, what is the burden? Leaving what? Which people? Is that a burden? What is the burden? Of winning the souls? Huh? Caring for the souls? What is the burden? When you say a burden is like a problem, will you agree with me that something like a problem? What is that problem? What is this problem? Eh? No, he said that I'm going to put the anointing that is on you, Moses, and I'm going to put it on the people so that they will bear this burden. And what is that burden? The burden of leaving, murmuring people, disloyal people, ungrateful people. Disrespectful people, wicked people, imprudent people, disobedient people, rebellious people, equalizers, disloyal people, ungrateful people. It's a burden. And to be able to lead a large number, somebody said, I want to be like your Micho. If your ritual has 700,000 members, he has 700,000 problems. <laughs> you can imagine the number of problems that the man has. 700,000 members. That means 700,000 problems. Look, one human being, eh, if I just call one of you right now and ask you to tell us all your problems, you will run away. People feel that I have problems. I mean, people feel I have problems, you have problems. Let somebody come and say his own. You begin to trot. That is the burden. Amen. And one person cannot do it alone. Hallelujah. One person cannot do it alone. So how can this work be done? By taking the what? Uh, by everybody being diligent, isn't it? Pardon? By everybody doing what? Hard working. Everybody doing what? Sharing the burden. Sharing the burden. How do you share the burden? How do you share the burden? You must help me carry the burden. Pastor Hamish is helping me carry the burden in Takrati. Pastor Patrick is helping me carry the burden in Tamale. Because it's the burden that the Lord has given me. The lighthouse burden is the burden that the Lord has given to me. Amen. Amen. And in the church, even in Accra, the burden that the Lord, the burden that is there because of the ministry, some people help me 
to bear the burden of all those people and all their problems. Another reason why it's difficult to leave people is that people have a lot of problems. Write it down, number 17. People have a lot of problems. Sometimes when the person has a financial problem, this problem, that problem, this problem, ah, it's very difficult to leave the person. Amen. So, people, we need more and more forces. Hallelujah. And people to help us to bear the burden. The burden. Everybody say the burden. Now, how many are prepared to share the burden with me? You are prepared to share the burden. Do you really want to take part of the burden? Do you know that it's hard work? Do you know that the people will not be angry with me anymore? They will be angry with you. Do you know that every good and every bad is going to come your way? Because when you take that burden, somebody, if the Lord asks me about the burden, there are two aspects of the burden. Number one, the responsibilities that come with the burden. Amen. The responsibility that comes with the burden. And the responsibilities are going to be here on earth. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The responsibility of the souls. And the responsibility of the souls are going to come here on earth and then in heaven. So when the Lord begins to ask questions, when we get to heaven, if you read Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17, the Bible says that, Obey them that have the rule over you, for they watch for your souls, as they that must give accounts, that they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable unto you. How many of you know that I am going to account for your souls? I am responsible here on earth. And I am going to be. When I die and I appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Or if Christ comes again, I'm raptured. When I stand before Christ, I will come like that. Yes, sir. When the Lord will begin to ask. The Lord will say, do you know you have a lot of things to answer? I say, yes, sir. Now the Lord will begin to ask, I want you to account for this 100,000 souls. Alright, then I'll say, okay, yes sir, Lord, start. Then the person will mention the name. The person will say, the Lord will say, Aretha, starting with A. Aretha. What will I say next? When the Lord says Aretha, I'll ask the Lord, please, can I ask a question? <laughs> the Lord will say, yeah. I said, please, uh, where about? He said, okay. I said, which of the churches? He said, Tema. Oh, Tema. I said, A, a possessional. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have anything to do with it. I said, it's possessional. <laughs> yes, sir, thank you, sir. I, I, I transferred the bed into possessional. I have nothing to do with it. And they will call the names one by one. When they call them, I'll ask, where? Adenta, sir. Pastor Jonathan. They go to Tamales. Oh, thank you, sir. Please. Uh, Pastor, he's not yet dead. He's on earth. He will come soon. When he comes, we'll ask him. <laughs> I tell you. I mean, the burden we are sharing it on earth. And the way we get to heaven, I am not a fool. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. 
I know exactly what I'm doing. I know the Bible tells me in Hebrews 13 that I'm going to account for the souls. And, I, and that I should do it. You know sometimes you are accounting, but you are crying. As you are accounting, you are hot. When you are doing an exam, you feel like, you know, you relate to your shots because you know that you are failing. Clearly failing. How many have done an exam before that? You knew that you were sinking. You knew there was no hope. You knew that all your hope was Christ He knew the hope of glory. But there was no hope in the exam. When the, when the accounts come, that is why the, I've, I've had this plan and I've decided to shift my responsibilities so that I will be safe. When I, because when I go to the, I intend to enjoy. Amen. Come, there are some chairs. One, two. Please, anybody else I should come in. Walk amongst the congregation. you find there's a chair here. All right, clap for them. They are, they are, they are late already. Amen. I have a plan. Maximilian said, I have a dream. I have a plan. <laughs> I have a plan to shift all this. In the Lighthouse Cathedral, the main church, when they was asking me about they mentioned the name, I said, We have got to people. I've been there now. Maybe I've been since I came to heaven. It's now three weeks. They are still calling names, name after name, and they are asking me name after name. Three weeks. I've been. It's like citizens voting committee or serious fraud office. They are calling name after name. We get to pee. They say Pamela. I say Lord. He said Cathedral. This one is for you. I said Oh, even in the Cathedral, I've divided it. There are ministries. Please. Tell me which ministry the person is, and they will press the computer. Run this. Say, ah, please, Pastor Johnny. <laughs> then I'm going to say, Pastor Johnny. And when they call Pastor Johnny, what did he say? Stand up. My Lord, uh, I also <laughs> delegated the uh, authority to Ishmael Abbey. Ishmael Abbey. Ishmael Abbey, where are you? Ah, there he is. And if Ishmael too has not arrived, then we postpone that name. That is what it means to share the burden. You share the responsibility on earth, intending to share the same responsibility upon arrival in heaven. That is the meaning of sharing the burden. And I'm very serious about today we are saying it like a joke. Tomorrow it will be a reality. We will be standing before the throne. Accounting three weeks, we have now reached P. We started from A. Most of the names are in A. We've been going A, 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 and B. We have B, C, D, E, F, G, R to R, P, Q, Z. When the Z is come, the last Z comes. Ah, he said, the Lord will make you say Z. He said, Zebedee. I said, Lord, why is Zebedee too? Zebedee too is right Then I said, Well, which church is that? Please, which church is that? But I plan to account for every soul by referral. <laughs> Transfer. Ah, I shall be free in heaven. And the, when it's over, the Lord will ask you, so, so I said, Lord, please, now, where's my mansion? Where's my mansion? I want to go and rest. It told me. Ah. <laughs> Amen. That is my plan. 
that is my master plan to share the burden and when I share the burden on this earth when we get to heaven it's a matter of sharing so you must realize that when the burden comes to you you are a fellowship shepherd or you are a shepherd a shepherd is somebody who has and looks over souls in a very serious way and you must realize that when you are the last man down the line you are going to account for that soul make no mistake about that that is why we are meeting here now because I'm sharing with you what is the reality of the church because there's no other way to sustain a very large church and we are saying we are having a mega church and not only mega church but multiple mega churches multiple mega church the responsibility too is there And then there are going to be the rewards. You know, when you look after people, when you look after souls, there are rewards. How many are there rewards? Huh? There are rewards. Even sometimes the appreciative face of one of your members is a reward. Sometimes a little note that a person will write that, look, I must just want to tell you that you bless me and you always bless me. Maybe I haven't told you before, but you bless me and I'm so blessed. That one is a reward. Hallelujah. When, we, when on this earth, even there are rewards. You, sometimes as a shepherd, the, when you have the heart of a shepherd and you have the heart of a pastor, the return of love from the sheep to the shepherd is enough reward. And you know that it's worth it. Sometimes just because of one person, you know that it's worth all the things that you are doing. And then when we get to heaven, that is our Olympic Games. That is when they are going to call the medals. And I'll say, Lord, now we want the medal section. We are talking about give Bishop gold. I want gold medals. Gold medals. Because I don't have any responsibility when I get to heaven. Yeah. My responsibility are the pastors. And the pastor's responsibility are the, are the ministry shepherd. The ministry shepherd's responsibility are the fellowship shepherd. And the fellowship shepherd are the souls that are with you. It's as simple as that. When the rewards are coming, I'll be collecting my gold, gold medal for sincerity. Gold medal for honesty. Gold medal for mega church. Gold medal for church growth. Ah, here I am. Gold medal for many fellowships. Here I am. Gold medal for more ministries. Gold medal for plenty churches. Pray for me. <laughs> I intend to collect my medals. When I was sometimes when you were watching the Olympic Games and the way the people are so happy, they lift up their hands. I know my time is coming, my Olympic time. They are just this gold medal. What is it? It's finished just now. It's finished right now. But the Bible says a crown, proper crown. I'll take the crown and come and put it in the house. I come for another crown because I can't wear all the crowns at the same time. I have to, Changing them. Let me put it down. When I'm going to when I'm coming to visit you in the evening, I'll just wear one of my crowns. I'll be coming. And when they see certain people walking in heaven with crowns, you see, even the way the chariots will be picking you. The way the angels will respect you. Because telling you are different. Not everybody's going to wear crowns in heaven. Some people are going to Zongo, heaven Zongo. 
can they not be zombie in heaven? They think they are now building it. Jesus says, I'm going to build. I'm going to prepare. <laughs> and different, different personalities are coming. Even on earth, everywhere is not the same. Heaven, you think, is going to be the same. Ah, even in hell, the Bible says the lowest parts of hell. There are lower and deeper parts of hell for certain personalities. I tell you, the gold medal times come. And that one is going to be because of it. So, if you are a shepherd and you have some souls under you, do not take it as a joke. Today, it's a very serious thing. You have been entrusted with the souls of people. The burden of the work has been placed upon you to look after the souls. Jesus said, of all that the Father has given me, I have lost not even one. Except the son of perdition. The motto of a shepherd in Lighthouse Chapel. Of all the Father has given me, I have lost none, not even one. So, your burden is to lead all these people, hallelujah, manage to get them to heaven, amen, sort them out, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And get to heaven and the Lord is going to bless you. Amen. Amen. Turn your Bible to John chapter 17. John chapter 17, yes. Verse 12. And then another person turn to John chapter 6 verse 39 hallelujah John chapter 6 verse 39 have you found it John chapter 12 all right let's just read these two verses John chapter 6 verse 39 and John chapter 17, verse 12. Hmm? 18, 9 as well. All right? Let me see. Good. And, and John chapter 18, verse 9. These are three verses that I want you to underline in your Bible. And uh, never lose sight of them. John chapter 18, verse 9. All right? These three verses. John six thirty-nine. John six thirty-nine. John 17, 12, and John 18, verse 9. Isn't it? All right. Somebody stand and read John 6, 39. Oko, stand to your feet, read John chapter 6, verse 39. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Somebody else. Philippa, stand to your feet. Which one do you have there? John 6.39, read it. And this is the Father's will 
which has which has sent me that of all which he has given me I should lose nothing but should raise it up again at the last day this is the will of Pastor Dark Hayward Mills this is the will of who? the father that of all that he has given me I should lose nothing not even one Amen. Amen. Number two, John chapter 17. Okay, have you found it now? Charles, I'm at the back. Stand to your feet. Read it out. While I was with them in the world. I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me as a shepherd. No, no, those that thou givest me. I have kept. Go on. And none of them is lost. But the son of perdition. That the scripture might be fulfilled. John chapter 18 verse 9. I want you to write these verses down. I want you to underline them. This is our shepherdorial motto. Shepherdorial motto. The motto of the shepherds. That of all that the father has given, I have lost none. Who is reading? Okay, you it. Stand to your feet. Read it out. John chapter 18, verse 9. That the same might be fulfilled. Which he spake. Of them which thou gavest me. Have I lost none. Church, 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 I want you to understand that God has given to us a great responsibility. If you claim to be a shepherd, what is the difference between a man and a shepherd? Huh? No, you see a man walking in the field. Agama, go and stand in the field. Can you all see this gentleman? Good. Stand over, stand over there. Go into the grass. Can you all see him? Most of you can see him. Wave to us from the grass. Can you all see him? Yes. Now, this is a, just an ordinary man. Look at him, so nice. Video man, can you see him out there in the field? Come this way a bit. Good. He's in the grass. Can you all see him now? Now. How are we going to know that this man is a shepherd or is an ordinary man? Eh? What is going to be the cardinal sign that he has become a shepherd? All that we need is some few sheep and goats walking around him, then he becomes a shepherd. Clap for Jesus. 
What makes you to be a shepherd is that you have sheep. And you are able to keep sheep. Otherwise, you are no shepherd. You are just talking. You are not near a man. And those of you, this is a shepherd's camp. This is not a camp for ordinary people. This is a camp for shepherds. It's a camp to train you to be a shepherd and to train you to be a good shepherd. Hallelujah. It's to train you to rise up and be a shepherd. And the sign that you have, that you are really a shepherd, is that you actually oversee and look after sheep and your sheep are alive. And they do not die. And a true, really good shepherd will say that of all the Father has given me, I can say that I have kept them and I have lost not even one. That is why a shepherd must never say, let them go. You are not a shepherd. Oh, get out. You should go away with their trouble. No. They have troubles. We know we have listed all their problems here. But they, they, we like them. Amen. Because we have to be able to say, as Jesus said, that of all that the Father has given me, I have lost not even one. That the same will be fulfilled. Except, who do we lose? Who is the son of perdition? What? <laughs> who is the son of perdition? A rebels? Everybody who eats, you may eat very nice fufu, you eat nice soup, but by all means the son of perdition must come out. Do you know that everybody has sons of perdition who are always going out? How many understand what I'm talking about? So part of the process is that sons of perdition will be going out. But it's only the sons of perdition, not the sons of righteousness. Who must go out? It's when you are sick. Kenji Obehuwale. That is when sons of righteousness who should never go out are coming out fast. How many have been sick before? Oh, this side of the. Are you there? Hey, we don't behave like that at Shepherd's Camp. Relaxo, sister, relaxo. But if the person is not a son of perdition, you are not supposed to lose. Listen, we are talking about retaining the souls that God has given to us. We are talking about accounting for the souls when we get to heaven. We are talking about being ready. Amen. To stand and say, yeah, I have the fellowship of the drama ministry. I'm the, I'm the fellowship shepherd of uh, soul to soul. I, I'm the ministry shepherd. Okay. Where is this person, this person, this person? Yeah, he's here, he's here, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there. Is there anybody here who is a fellowship shepherd? Ministry shepherd? Fellowship shepherd? Anthony, come. Oh. Don't worry, nothing bad will happen to you. Just come. You say you are a shepherd, identify yourself. Your name? I'm Anthony. Good. You are a shepherd. What type of shepherd? I'm a fellowship shepherd. Okay. I'm a ministry shepherd of Germany. For fellowship? Yes. Of which ministry? German ministry. Good. Where are your sheep? They are not here. Mention their names. Um, Emilia Amatifio. Good. 
Thompson. Yes. Mr. Hyson. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Aloy, Aloysius. Aloysius, yes. And um, Godfred Neokai. Good. This is a good shepherd. A good shepherd knows the names of his sheep. You don't know the name of you. You are not a shepherd. You are some way. He knows the sheep. Where are they? Where is Godfred? Godfred has just returned from school. He has just returned from school. Where is Aloysius? Aloysius is at uh, Kimbu. Unless it's at Kimbo. Where is, uh, who is the other one? Faustina. Where is Faustina? She's a seamstress. She's a seamstress. Oh, this is a good shepherd. And what else? Mr. Mr. Hyson is a businessman. He's gone back to Nigeria. Mr. Hyson is a businessman. He's gone back to Nigeria. That's a classic shepherd. He knows them by name. He knows where they are. He can account for every one of them. He's a seamstress. He's gone to school. He's this, he's that, he's that. Do put your hands together for this. Wonderful fellowship shepherd. Now, if I call some other shepherds now, it's going to be a problem. You don't even know their names. They say, oh, they are there. You are, you are talking to five people. You don't know the names of the five people. It's unfortunate. Hallelujah. So, we are saying that God is giving to us this great responsibility. And how many want to take this great responsibility very, very seriously? Are you here? How many want to be shepherds? How many don't want to be ordinary members in the church? You don't want to be just an ordinary person in the church. Good. You want to be a shepherd. Wonderful. So if you want to be a shepherd, then it means you want to share the problem of the people with us. And you want to be able to say with Jesus, what you have given me, I have not lost any of them. I remember I, I took some uh, goats to uh, uh, Winneba, Robin Saki's house. And, and up to today, there's no account for the goats. <laughs> they said one of them was suffering from something on, on, the, on the side. He began to scream in the night and then he, and then he died. And the others, I took, I think, three goats there, one mother and two children. <laughs> All that I gave them, they cannot account for even one. I wanted to establish a goat farm. They are not there. And that is how some of us are. You give the person a sheep, it's, it's, they will eat, either eat the sheep or the sheep will, 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 be, will, be, will be said to be at large. Amen. How to do the work of a shepherd. So we have talked about sharing the burden. We have talked about shepherdorial motu, isn't it? We have talked about doing the work of the ministry, isn't it? Sharing the burden. Now, how to do the work of the ministry? How to do the uh, how to do the work of a shepherd? Amen. Number one, number one, you must know the names of your shepherds at your sheep. Amen. Tell your Bible with me to John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Are you finding it? 
John. Have you found John chapter 10? Alright. We want to read from verse 1. Let's all read together from John chapter 10 verse 1 together. Ready, go. Number one, the shepherd must know his sheep. Amen. You must know them by their names. Hallelujah. All right? You must know them by their names. Amen. In John chapter 10, verse 40, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and I am known of mine. Amen. Then, your sheep must know you, and so on. I believe that there are many things that's how to be a good shepherd and so on. But that is not really what I want to, I want to talk about. But I'm just saying as an introduction that um, you need to know your sheep. You need to know the people that God has given. Because if you don't know who you are looking for or looking after, you can't know how to look after them. Amen. Now, how to do the work of a shepherd we have a code in this church. Have you heard of PVC? How many have not heard of PVC before? Your right hand, please. Please, please, please. I beg you, just you are helping me. You've not heard of PVC before. Okay, PVC is what? PVC pipes, isn't it? Okay. What is PVC? Prayer, visitation, 
counseling. Alright? This is how to do the work of a shepherd. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.